This is the GDC Life Podcast. That's how we live our life. Whether we understand it, whether you realize the principles behind it or the spiritual laws behind it, you're still activating it. Whether you're doing it for God's kingdom or the kingdom of darkness, you're still activating it. Just know that it's still at, at work. You can be an absolute atheist. You're still operating in the law of sowing and reaping. Did you know that? So the law of sowing and reaping isn't just for a believer, but it's a spiritual law that I believe that governs everything. The world calls it all sorts of stuff, but the Word of God calls it sowing a seed. Sowing means sowing a seed or planting a seed. And then reaping means a harvest. It actually means reaping a harvest from that seed. So it's not, it's, you know, even the term giving is a little bit weaker than sowing. Because sowing means you plant a seed. You've, you, you plant a seed, you don't just give. Sometimes it's, well, I've, I've given and I gave, and therefore we don't think we have to give because I already gave. You know, I already gave to my charity. But, but when you see sowing, sowing a seed is something we do all the time. If we turn to Galatians chapter 6, Right now, just let me, before we read the scriptures, you and I are living right now from what you have sown from the past. Just think about that for a second. The quality of life you are living and I'm living right now is because of how I have sown in the past. I'm not just talking about physical sowing seeds or finances, that's a part of it, but I'm, so, I'm talking about sowing seeds with my thoughts, with my words, with my actions, with my decisions. So I am the product of what the decisions I've made in the past, the seeds I have sown, the thoughts that I've thought and the thoughts that I've spoken, the seeds that I've spoken to others, the decisions I've made that affected others. I am the product of what I've done in the past. Do you believe that? You are actually reaping, the word reaping is you're living in the harvest and living, reaping and living out of the seeds that you have sown in the past. Again, all the words, all the thoughts, all the decisions, the the things that we've spoken. If you're not happy with the quality of life you're living in, then change what you are sowing. It's simple. If you're not happy with the life you're living in, there's no one else to blame. Change how you are sowing seed. And again, seed, I'm talking about every area of our life. Thoughts, words, how we speak, the decisions we make will affect the harvest you will live in into your future. If you want to change your future and make sure that God's in it, you have to give your heart to God and you have to speak the words of God. You have to speak from from God's point of view, the seeds that He gives us. Your your future won't just change automatically because God gave you the freedom and the authority to rule and to reign on this earth. And He made us, think about it, in His image and in His likeness. And we know in the beginning there was God. God. Before God created the universe, the physical universe wasn't even created. Heaven's not even created. Where God's throne is. Angels weren't even created. Just God in eternity. When God wanted to create, he, what did he do? He spoke. That speaking is a seed. Words are seeds. God spoke everything by the power of his word. And he spoke. And then he actually said, light be. And light was in God. But he had to speak it to get it out of him and bring it out into the universe. I'm talking about physical light came out into the universe before he created the sun. He spoke it into being from his spirit. But that speaking is is actually, it's a seed. 
I'll show you from the scripture, God talks about it as seed. So we need the quality of seed. We need the quality of soil. And the Bible teaches us clearly, our heart is soil. So the quality of the seed you sow, the, the, the quality of the soil, and the quality of the environment. Every seed needs oxygen to survive. So let's read Galatians Ah, chapter 6, verse 7. I like the King James Version. It's pretty potent and powerful, but you can read it in other versions. I mean, this one is not the King James. Let me read the King James. It says, Do, sorry, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The reap word is harvest. Whatsoever a man sows, that, what's that, that referring to? That which you sow, the seed, the thought, the action, the decision, the giving, the finances, that which you sow, he shall also reap a harvest from the seed. But I love the way it starts. Do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. And then the next statement is God's not mocked. It means you can't, you can't mock God. That word mock is, is, is um, you know, mocking God with your words. It's attacking God. It's basically saying, why am I here? Why am I in this situation? God can't, can't mock God. Don't be deceived, even, even in the area of to mock God. Don't be deceived in the area of mocking God because where you're at is by what you've sown. It's not God's fault whatsoever. He gave you complete freedom and authority. So what you're in and what I'm in is by the seeds I've sown in the past. This is powerful. This will change your whole life. If you just believe it. If I just believe it. It'll change the course of my life. I watch the words that I say. I mean, we know Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of your words. And they that love it, love the revelation, will eat the fruit of it. You want to eat the fruit of your words? Love the revelation. That death and life is in the power of your words. I thought that death and life is in the power of God. No, God said it's in the power of your words. The words you speak. The thoughts you think. If you put junk in, junk comes out, doesn't it? Put the Word of God in, the Word of God comes out. And you're planting seeds that you'll end up eating the fruit thereof. This is stirring to me because I know this is so powerful. It affects every area of our life. Be not deceived. Don't ever be deceived to the point where you're mocking God and blaming God. Why am I in this situation? Why has this happened to me? How come I've got this? Why is this happening? Look, for whatsoever a man or a woman sows, it's a seed sowing, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, if you always make decisions to please your flesh, you will reap a corruption and from that. Seed sowing to your flesh. But he who sows seed to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life. The word zoe, life of God. It's not just eternal life like one day I'll go to heaven. That word life, it means zoe. That means the absolute life and nature of God now. The life of God now. Experience his peace now. Experience his presence now. Experiencing his joy now. I've got to preach it this way. Please bear with me. And, and, and I'm, if I'm passionate, it's because I believe it so much. But, but I hope you didn't come to church to tickle your ear. And if you get offended, it's your flesh going, what are you telling me? I can't make excuses. I've got all these excuses of mine. Because, I've got, because when we're hurt and when we're not happy with our life, we want to blame something. The moment you stop blaming something, you, you, bring, you come into repentance. 
To stop you, the moment you, you stop blaming even your parents or your upbringing or the way I was treated, the, you know, all that, the moment you stop that, you come into a place of repentance. You know how we always say, oh, this is just the cards that were dealt to me. It's a saying to say, this is my lot in life. The cards were dealt to me this way. Well, I'm telling you, you can change those cards. True, when you're young and a baby, you're completely vulnerable to your environment. This is the environment, the oxygen part of the seed needing oxygen. You're completely, when you're a baby, you're completely vulnerable, transparent, and, and you receive everything from your parents, the words, the actions, the, everything they say to you. And if there's neglect, rejection, abuse, because no one grew up with great parents. No one grew up with perfect parents, I should say. No one had perfect parents. But so as you're a baby, you're, you're really exposed to the environment. But as you grow up and you can grow into a place of making decisions for yourself and you walk out of revelation, then you can change everything by the power of God and by the grace of God and by the revelation of God. When I say you can change it, you can't do it in your own strength. It has to be in this relationship with God. When you're connected to the Father and He speaks to you revelation, and then you take that revelation as true and it heals your heart and the vulnerability of the things that happen as a child, you get healed and then you start to speak out of God's heart. You speak God's word. You plant, you plant God's seed. You water God's seed. When you plant the seed, you water it. You plant the seed, water it. Guess what? It grows into a tree, produces fruit. And it says, verse 9, Let us not be weary in well-doing. In due season we shall reap. And the word reap is reap a harvest. If we faint not, if we don't give up, if you don't get disappointed, if you choose not to get disappointed, don't give, don't, don't give up. In, in due season you'll reap a harvest. Not just reap. You know, we just read, uh, we reap what we sow. But we reap a harvest of what we sow. When I plant a seed, when it grows into a tree, I don't just get a seed back. I reap a harvest of seeds from that tree. Many fruits grow onto that tree. Many seeds in the fruit. You reap a harvest of what you sow. But it's true to the flesh. If you sow to the flesh, you reap a harvest of what you sow from the flesh. I want to show you something really quickly in Mark, Mark chapter 11. It's a very, very famous scripture. But again, the words of Jesus. We can't go wrong. I mean, you can write these scriptures down. I'd encourage you to meditate on this. Get it into your spirit. Get it into, I've been on, on it for weeks, just meditating, med, last week, meditating, 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 and it just does something to your spirit. But Mark, Mark chapter 11, Jesus, when he cursed the fig, tr uh, the fig tree, remember, didn't produce fruit, and he goes, just spoke to it, just spoke, this is the power of the seeds. Just said, from hereafter, from hereafter, you will no one will eat fruit from you hereafter forever. No one will eat fruit from you forever. He just spoke it. The moment he spoke it, something happened to its roots. They looked at it and they didn't see anything happen that day. They went into Jerusalem, did the thing in the temple, you know, the worship and everything. They came back the next morning and Peter goes, Look, Lord, the fig tree you, you cursed, it's withered from its roots. So the moment Jesus spoke, it started to die because the words are powerful. And it didn't show up until later. That the, the next day, for Jesus, for some of us, it takes weeks and months. But know that the word will not return to your void. And so Mark chapter 11, Jesus is using this example and says, have the faith of God. This is found in verse 22. He's, he's now using the, the fig tree example. He says to Peter, because Peter goes, wow, look at that. And Peter uses that as an object lesson and says, have the faith of God. In other words, let, re reflect, imitate the faith that God has. 
And he says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, that's where faith is born, in the heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. And the King James Version says, that, and if he believes that what he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. So you are having whatever you say, not necessarily what you believe in your head. Because you end up talking from what's in your heart. You might believe something in your head, I want to believe this, I'll believe, but whatever's in your heart, you'll end up speaking. What you say, you end up, you shall have whatever you say. So this works for the negative as much as it does for the positive. It works for fear as much as it does for faith. It works for the kingdom of darkness as much as he just, the devil just perverts God's laws. He has got nothing. He doesn't come up with anything new. He just he perverts the laws of God. Faith operates with God, but he just tries to use fear and despair. So if you, if you constantly speak about problems, some, there are some people that only speak about problems. Oh, my problem and this problem and this problem. If you speak about problems all the time, then that's all you'll ever have. You'll always have problems. One problem from another problem to another problem to another problem. But the Bible doesn't say speak about your problems. It says speak to the problem and speak the word of God, the promises of God to the situation. If you speak negative all the time, if you're always in the fear thing, oh, you watch Leo every time winter comes, I always get the flu. Always get it. Mark my words. Yeah, I will mark your words. Uh, mark my words. I always get the flu. Now, it all depends on what you have faith in. Now, please don't get me wrong. I mean, we've got to speak from our hearts. So let's not jump on each other. Oh, speak that by faith. No, don't do that. Let people speak from their heart. Let people be real. Let people be transparent. Because it's got to come out of revelation. Not just head knowledge. Are you with me so far? But I'm trying to show you the spiritual application to seeds. Because seeds are, are, are words. Words are seeds. We find that from Mark chapter 4. The whole parable of the sower sows the word. Talking about Jesus, the Messiah. He sowed the word, but he also talks about us being sowers and we sow the word. And where did it fall on? Good ground. The ground, the soil was the heart. Jesus explains the whole thing. And he says, words are seeds. He's, reflect, he's, re, he's actually telling us words are seeds. Really, really clear in the word of God. Um, Genesis 8 verse 22. I'm going to show you a, 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 a video. It's a time-lapse video of seeds. The power of seeds. After the fall of man and after Noah's flood, God said, Genesis 8 verse 22, while the earth remains, basically saying there will be seed, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Now this is the 45 days, 46 days, this is going so fast, but I want to show you the power of a seed. The seed is so powerful. You are a result of someone planting seed. You wouldn't be here if someone, your dad didn't plant seed. Physically, you wouldn't be on this planet. Every single animal is on this planet because seed was planted. Every, the food, um, everything that's food is seed orientated. And a seed, and I even looked a fish up, and they also have eggs and seeds. They call them sperm something. But fish, they, it's the same system that God created. But you imagine one of these seeds, you see that the seed, and it's amazing the way they sprout the seed in water and all these different ways. But the seed, it, 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 says, it, it says it has the rep, repro, um, reproduction? Yeah, the rep, it, it, no, it can reproduce itself. It can now copy. The seed copies the plant. 
So it's got, think about all the information to become all these things in the seed. This is the power of God's wisdom to bring it down into a small seed. Some seeds are so tiny you can't see them. And some seeds are so small, become a massive tree. But it has all the information of every leaf, every tree, every fruit, everything about in the nutrition and everything in the seed. See, a little small seed like that, God puts all that revelation in that seed. We don't realize the power of seed because you can't look at a plant and watch it grow. Can you? You can't look at anything organic, mind you, and watch it grow. You won't see it grow, but it's growing. That's 44, 5, 46, when it goes up to sometimes a year and to see how much grows. How, and it's just power. That's power, man. Power of a seed. That's seed in the natural, yes. But there's power in your words. There's power in seeds. The words, the words we speak. It produces fruit. That was one seed, mind you. Look at all the fruit there now. That's called the harvest of one seed. It's powerful when you see it visually. Uh, avocado, you're going to find a really good trick, this one, the way he makes that one work. But look at that. In the water, somehow he cracks it, and then it starts to sprout. Think about the whole physical world. I was looking at the other day, and I was near the bay, and I was preparing, and, and looking at the trees, and all the trees. and There's so many trees everywhere, all over the streets, and it's lined with trees. And I thought every one of them was a seed. We see the end product of a seed. Massive trees, you know, beautiful green, giving out oxygen, taking on the carbon, and producing fruit in some of them. It's like, wow, God, that was all a seed one day. Any forest was a seed once. And then I think, what about the physical world? Well, everything, even in the physical world, had to start with seed. We're talking about spiritual seed. Someone in 1930s, in the 30s, they built this building, someone conceived it in their hearts, didn't they? They had to have a seed, a thought, an idea. I want to build a building that looks like this. I want to build a building for a dance hall. I want to make it shaped like this. I mean, architecturally, they designed it. It was conceived in someone's spirit, maybe a team of architects, but they conceived it, and then it came into the natural. That's true of everything physical. It had to be conceived first in someone. Anything we build, I'm talking about. A bridge, opera house. Someone thought the opera house, that amazing creative architect who designed the opera house he had it in him the thoughts the ideas he could see it and he then designed it and then he built it but that's still the power of seed you with me all right the power of seed remember I was talking about the decisions you make if I could say to my younger self I'm 54 years young if I can go back to my 20s and say, what would I say to my younger self? One of, the things, one of the things I would say is be completely confident and completely trusting in absolute God, in God's word to you and what God promises you. Just completely rest in it because it will all come to pass. And when I was 35 years old, I just want to show you the power of seed because I want, us, I want us all to be blessed. I want us all to grow in prosperity and thinking. And It says, be, uh, uh, John in the third book of John said above all things he talks to his children above all things I wish that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers so your soul has to prosper th- first before you can physically prosper in the natural above all things I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers when your soul your thoughts your emotions your, th- your thinking prospers you'll start to prosper outside and so when I was 35 years old I never forget I was in the DJing at two, uh, Skid Row doing the gospel show. And I started meditating about when I was younger. And I think we were learning about finances, David Ramsey and a few other things. And uh, maybe it wasn't David Ramsey, but we were teaching on finances. And I remember thinking, 
At that, I, I left school at 15, 16 years old and I went, worked straight away. I lived at home most of my life until I was 25 when I got married. And I thought to myself, I could have easily, if I had the revelation and if I had the perspective and if I had the foresight, if I had the wisdom, if I could see down my future, I could have easily lived my life and saved $100 a week. Easy. I just didn't have the revelation or the wisdom or the know-how and I wanted to spend all the money I had and, and all that sort of stuff. But if I, if I had the revelation I had at, at 35, I could have put $100 a week away and invested it and, and just invested it some, just like blue chips just 10%. It was doing that at those years. 10% increase. I would have had $350,000 saved in cash. Power of seed. Just want to show you the power of seed. If you're a young person, you can, you can yeah, get this revelation and go, you know what? I can be confident that when I'm 50, 60, I'll have abundance because I know the power of seed. Just by putting seed away. That's, that's called saving. After you tithe and offer to God, that's called uh, pay yourself next. Having a revelation that the next person you should pay after you do tithes and offering first, first put the kingdom of God first. That's, that's foundational. Always his kingdom, his purposes, the gospel and, and reaching other people. Once you've done that, then pay yourself 10% of your income. You go, I can't do that. I can't afford that. And if you've got a mortgage, then you're putting that away to the, paying off the house. That's good. But if you don't, pay yourself. I'm just trying to show us it works in every area of our life. That's, the call, that's still called the power of seed. It's making a decision. And in the natural, putting that money away every week, you'll be blessed into the future. That's only 35. Imagine when you're 55. It goes into millions. It's way better than playing the lottery, guys. There's a chance. I hope one in 20 million, I might get a million dollars, 20 million dollars. It's a full-on chance. This is for sure. But it's wisdom. You with me? Isaiah 55 God himself speaks, and if you look it up, chapter 55, it, it, it starts with verse 6, and God says, I'll read it to you because it's too good to not read. Are you okay? Hope you're meditating on the Word, thinking about what the Word can do for you. Isaiah 55, we're talking about the Word of God. Pick it up from verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So the the wicked, the twisted, the perverted forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways declares the Lord. For as the heavens, talking about the stars and the heavens there, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The heavens, the stars, if you got in a spaceship, the closest one, you have to travel at the speed of light, it still takes you millions of years to get there. It's like, it's almost unreachable from a human point of view. That's how far God's thoughts are and his ways from our ways and our thoughts. But God has revealed his thoughts by his spirit. That's pretty good news. Then he says, for as the rain it's just like the rain and the snow come down from heaven. They talk about the clouds from the heavens. And do not return there without watering the earth. It doesn't go back because the you know, water system is a cycle with the clouds. It releases the water, goes into the dams, the sun evaporates and makes clouds and keeps raining. So it'll never run out. It's just God's wisdom. He just puts it into the earth. Don't listen to, don't listen to the lies of the enemy that we're going to run out of resources. God's put systems in place that just keep going. If the sun blows up, we're gone. 
We've got solar panel power just from the sun. It's a resource. Anyways, um, what does it say? And, and it, so the rain that goes, comes down from heaven goes into the earth, and it doesn't return back to heaven without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout. That means it gives birth to life. Making it bear and sprout and furnishes seed. See, water needs seed. Seed to the sower and bread for eating. Seed to the sower and bread for eating. For so, then he says, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I sent it to do. It will accomplish what I desire. Depends what translation you read. So shall my word, just like rain comes down from heaven and makes the earth sprout and the seed grow, so shall my word be that comes out of my mouth. It won't return to me void. He's likening it like the sprouting of seed. God believes in this so much that he depended all of humanity's salvation on sowing Jesus as a seed into this earth. Jesus was given by the Father as a seed. Even Jesus himself said, if a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, if it doesn't fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth fruit. Isn't it amazing? In seed, the outer shell has to die for this life to come out. But Jesus himself, he died as the seed that God gave. And he dies, they put him in the ground and he resurrected. Life came out of him. And because of his seed, God produced the fruit unto God. First, he was the firstborn. We're, the, we're born from the dead too. We're billions of billions of believers have been born again because of one seed. That's the fruit. That's the harvest of one seed. This works in every area of our life. In Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, I think Jackie quoted it earlier. Um, do you believe the Bible? What does it say? Be merciful, verse 36, just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. I mean, who, who would like to be judged? Who likes to be judged? No one. So God says, do not judge and you won't be judged. He says, do not condemn and you will not be condemned. He says, do not. So who likes to be condemned? God, you like people to condemn you? Walk around everyone condemns you? Well, then God, the Lord says, don't sow condemnation. Don't have thoughts of condemnation over everybody in critical spirit. Because then if you sow it, guess what? You're going to reap it. This is the law of life. Right? And he says, Pardon or forgive and you will be forgiven. Who likes to be forgiven? Then sow forgiveness. When you do something wrong and you mess up, you want that person to forgive you. Then sow forgiveness. Give it away. You will reap a harvest. If you learned, if you just, Father, you forgave me of a $20 billion debt I could never pay, ever. And I was forgiven because Jesus died on the cross. And someone hurts me on this earth and they, they you know, backstab me, two-time me, do whatever they do to me. Guess what? It's a $20 debt. Just $20. I've been forgiven $20 billion. It's the easiest, easiest thing in the world to forgive a $20 debt when someone else hurts me. It's the revelation of understanding you're forgiven. But he says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Who likes it to be given to them? Everyone does. If you're honest. Give, but it says give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For by, this is really powerful, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you again. It literally means by your standard of metron. What you measure, the, the, the measure you use to give is the measure God uses to give back to you. 
Oh, God bless me, God bless me. But you've got no seed out there. Bless me, God. I know all these needs, God. All these needs. But you're stingy, selfish, greedy, and never, never have a lifestyle of giving. It doesn't work that way. You know, I don't, I don't believe our only motive, hear my, hear my heart, I don't believe our only motive should be, I want to give to receive. I don't believe that at all. But a farmer, when he sows, he expects a harvest. There should be an expectation on my heart of faith that when I give and sow and be generous, I will reap a harvest. It's what the farmer does with the harvest that determines whether he's selfish or loving. A farmer's going to sow seed. He's going to sow enough seed to reap a harvest to be able to sell and have his family live off it. Now, if he makes a, a bumper harvest, now he might want to build barns and bigger barns just for himself to make himself prosperous and secure and he thinks he puts all his faith in the physical harvest that's not good it's what the person does with the harvest when it comes in does that make sense knowing that it'll come back is okay but i don't give for that reason i give because god said to i give it's again it's a spiritual law of sowing and reaping it's the way life goes the way life god put it into the earth but also give out of the need when i see needs god wants us to live this way it's almost like you, I believe God's saying, if I can get it through you, I'll get it to you. If I can't get it through you, then why should I get it to you? But when you've got a, a generous heart and generous spirit and you're giving, you're big, you're big you're, you're, it's like a big capacity inside of you. You trust God. So when you do see someone in need, you just want to take care of them. Because you know, you're not going to have lack. So if I do give, see, when I sow... If I think giving, I give and I'll never see it again. But when I think sowing, I've just planted a seed. Remember, it produced a tree, a lot of, lot of fruits on it with more seeds in it. So, I don't, it. so when I sow, it leaves my hand, but it never leaves my life. Do you believe that? It leaves my hand, but it never leaves my life. I just sowed a seed. Again, when my heart is right, my heart is, the sword's got to be in the right place. I believe people don't receive from God if their heart's not in the right place. I remember the first time I learned these things. I was a baby, baby Christian outside a church builder. I'll never forget. These are, these are moments that just stick in my heart forever. But, but I remember you know, I, was come, I kind of went out of church and I saw one of my friends that, that, is, that doesn't have a job. And I could tell, you know, I knew he was always in lack. And I had $15 for the week. It was going to be for my lunch and not much for petrol and all that sort of stuff. And... But that's all I had. And the Lord says, um, give him what you've got in your pocket. And I knew it was my last $15 for the whole week. And I thought, oh, but Lord, I'm starting to argue with God. Oh, yeah, but God, you know. So, and he said, that guy's got nothing. He's not going to eat nothing today. Ah, oh, but, you know, I was, I was fighting with him. And the Lord just said, do you believe my word? I said, yeah. And he's, and he's pretty much reminded me, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give to you with the same measure you use to give others. It'll be measured back to you. Do you believe it? I said, yeah, of course I believe it. Then, then it's, it's almost like saying, why are you arguing with me? So I went over there and gave it to him. And he got blessed. He goes, I had nothing to eat today. Oh, thank you so much. He was so touched. I usually always drive people home, always. I mean, it's just a normal thing that I do, a normal practice. And, and um, literally 10, it was about 10-minute 10 drive. 10 minutes later, I dropped him off, this person, a number of people in my car. And one person out of the blue never does this. People never do this in, that I dropped off. And he, she just takes $20 out and throws it on my lap. It's like 15 minutes later, it, it came back. 
And so I God, wow. And I thought, this, but I, I did argue with her. I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't want, and the Lord said, why are you arguing with her? I'm speaking to her to be generous and you're being, your pride is stopping you from receiving. Oh, okay, God, I received it. But he reminded me, see, it worked. And we've seen that time and time again. Many times, um, and, you know, by God's grace, when we're young, you know, Christina and I, you know, you've got to work this out with your husband and wife. And, and that sometimes I stretched her. Sometimes I don't stretch her anymore because her, her faith has grown. But, but I remember one time the Lord said to me, I want you to give $1,000. And we're talking about almost 30 years ago. So $1,000 was a fair bit of money, right? For us, anyway, it was a lot of money. Um, and, and she said, oh, can, we, can, I, let's give, can we give it $500 this month, $500 next month? I said, yeah, because we didn't have $1,000. We had to stretch budget, groceries, cut here, cut there to try to give $500. So we gave $500 one month and gave another $500. But we would never, faith is not sowing hints. We never tell people about our need. But we would trust him to go to South Africa for a, a trip. I remember someone ringing her and said, I want to, can you come out for coffee for me? She said, it's really strange. Okay, okay. So she went out coffee with them and they gave her an envelope of $1,000. Like that. That happened like twice to her. And I think all up we received $4,000 to go overseas to preach the gospel. It was a mission trip. But like, and God, when God comes through like that, you go, wow. It's like early days. Wow. God, you do take care of us. You are faithful to your word. I'm talking about a lifestyle of that. I'm just talking about some of, the, some of the incidents where it really, really God spoke to us. But we've learned to do that continually. I think I told you last week, church, you know, we, we've been blessed for this building that you know, a number of different churches gave. Some gave $5,000 out of their, their budget, $10,000, another church. One particular friend of ours from another state partnering church gave us rang me and says oh we're in our eldership you know we, we made a decision we felt we're trusting for a building and we've got thirty thousand dollars saved to get a building like a deposit it's a much cheaper state than here <laughs> and they said but we feel in god to sow it to you i'm shocked on the phone what and they wanted to sow thirty thousand dollars they gave us the thirty thousand dollars to purchase this building helped us get this de- deposit and about I, I got a check with him but it was like weeks later or a month later Another church overseas sowed $90,000 to that church they gave to us. I mean, that's massive. That's, you can't orchestrate that. You can't plan that. Only God can do that. So God's the one that says, we sow, God's the one that brings increase. But sowing is sowing a seed. See it as a seed. Don't see it as a not, a not a seed. Amen. This affects every area of our life. Let me read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, really quickly. But this I say, he who sows sparingly, this is the Bible, this is Paul, shall also reap sparingly. I mean, who would like to reap sparingly? No one. But to, to flip it is to, to learn to sow. He says, he who sows bountifully will, will also reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, because it has to be according to faith and according to revelation. Your revelation, your understanding, your faith in God so let him give, not grudgingly, of necessity. Never give grudgingly, never give necessity, because it has to be out of faith. For God loves a cheerful giver. Isn't that beautiful? God loves it when you're cheerful about your giving. Look at this. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Do you believe the word? Think about that for a second. God is able 
to make all grace abound to you when we are sowing, that, he, that you, always having all sufficiency, may abound. That, that word abound means to have, super, um, have abundance. God is a God of abundance. He wants you and I to have abundance for every good work. Now, I can't say that I'm even there. I don't think I'm even close. To, to, to always have enough in every situation for every good work. That's a, that's a lifestyle of massive generosity. Does that make sense? Like It's like you always have enough, always have it spare. You've got to take care of your family, you've got to take care of your children, you've got to feed your children, you've got to pay the bills. But imagine having all and always more than enough to always take care of, to do good works. Supernatural abundance. Now he that um, brings seed to the sower and both brings bread for your food. So this God, God gives us seed for sowing and seed for food. Some food you have to eat. Some bread is to eating. It's for you. If someone blesses you with a car, I wouldn't recommend you to sell the car and give it to someone. Or give it to, you know what I mean? Because someone honored you with a car, then drive that car. That's an honor to that person's gift. Does that make sense? It would grieve, I think, the heart of God and the person because they would be moved by God if you try to sow. So something's bread is you, you use. But God brings seed to the sower. So all we have to do is be a, have a heart of sowing. A heart of sowing. Lord, I want to be a sower. If you shift your heart and say, God, I want to be a sower, He'll bring the seed to you to sow. I really believe that. I believe right now in our heart, if we have the faith to say, God, okay, I have nothing to give to this. If, if you have nothing, I believe we just have to have priority because we all have, we're wealthy in this nation. I believe we're the top 10% richest people in the world personally. I really do. But if you think you have nothing, say, God, I want to be a sower. Can you bring the seed to me? I put my faith out to give this amount this year. Can you bring that to me? It might take him five months, six months, but guess what? He'll bring it to you if you have faith in God. Seeds affects the world in every area. Please hear it, every area. There was a man, I'll finish with this story. There was a man by the name, some of you might know him, Frank Jenner. He was an Australian evangelist in the streets of George Street in the early 19th century. It was around probably in the 20s and 30s. And, and for, I think he got, yeah, he was born in 1903. And he got saved 28 years later. So it's in the 30s plus. He, he was a sailor from England. His sailor went to New York, became to Sydney. And someone witnessed to him on the streets and he got radically saved. And guess what he did? This is his signature um, evangelist, the way he did it. He'd go up to everyone in the streets. And he would go in, in, in George Street and says, if you were to die... In the next 20, 24 hours or 48 hours, would you go to heaven or hell? That's what he would ask people. And like he'd, and apparently in his whole life, he did that for 28 years or something. In his whole life, he probably, they reckon he probably reached 100,000 people. But no one knew him. No one knew him when he was alive. Absolutely no one. He, he comes across another sailor from England. And this man is only 18 years old. His name is Noel Stanton. And he tells him about this, you know, if you were to die, planting a seed, what would happen if you go to heaven or hell if you were to die in the next 24 hours? The guy doesn't come to the Lord there. He just feels convicted for the next three or four months. Guess what, that, those words, what, what's happening? The seed's working in his heart. 
and in England he gives his life to the Lord. That man planted about 24 churches, started the Jesus Army movement and reached, uh, in those churches, 3,500 people were in those churches. 3,500. This man, evangelist in George Street, doesn't even know if anyone, like he probably led some to the Lord, but he doesn't know if they followed through. Doesn't know, he doesn't know if they became followers of Jesus. Did they become disciples? He would lead them to the Lord, you know, a few here, there and there, just a few, but he didn't know how fruitful that seed planting was. One person found him in, uh, when he was 52 years old and told him about all the people he was meeting around the world that were getting saved. The guy just wept and wept and wept and cried because of his seed sowing, changing lives around him. Now, I'm not saying you have to say that statement necessarily. That's just what God told him to do. I want to show us the power of a man's dedicated life, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed. We did this with our children, sowing seed. Words, love, you're special, you're amazing. You're going to do great things when you get old. God loves you. God cares for you. God's got a destiny for your life. God's plan. Speak it out, water it. Speak it out, water it. What's happening? It'll grow into fruit. It'll produce harvest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray that your word would never, ever, we know it won't return to you void, empty. won't go back to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. It will prosper in the thing that you sent it. Father, today as a family of believers, as a church, people online, we believe your word. We believe that what we sow, we shall also reap. God is not mocked. We're not deceived to to ever believe God's mark because we are reaping what we've sown in the past. Father, we make a decision to change how we sow the thoughts, the words, the decisions, the direction. Lord, what we've given our lives to, we make a decision to change our hearts right now. Help us to be a generous church, a generous people that trust God to bring all grace towards us when we give. We just thank you, Father, right now. Do the shift in our minds. Renew our thinking. Renew our hearts in every area, Father. In Jesus' name. Everyone says, Amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. If you'd like to partner with us, you can visit ggclife.com forward slash give. We hope you have an amazing week. Be blessed.